This is Cocktails Distilled, a podcast that takes your favorite spirits and liqueurs from the still to the cocktail glass. In each episode, we talk to distillers and creators about particular expressions that their brand have released, what they are, why they were created, and in what cocktails they can be used. Are you ready to understand what's in your glass, or perhaps should be? Welcome to Cocktails Distilled. Craft distilling is all about experimentation and the ability to release new flavors and tastes. So it's not surprising that in New York, a state known for its apple production, craft distiller Barking Irons has concentrated on apple-based spirits. But rather than just look at Applejack variations, the brand has now released a gin made from apples. Some would say this new gin is New York to the core. To find out more, we speak to Barking Iron Spirits co-founder Elliot Fear about apples, alcohol, and launching a gin in 2021. Thank you for joining us, Elliot. Oh, it's my pleasure, Tiff. Thanks for having me. Now, people would probably know the Barking Irons brand best for the rock and roll-inspired apparel. What made the brand decide to venture into distilling? So, good question. You know, Barking Irons, the Barking Irons brand has been around for several years. It was initially founded by the brothers Michael and Daniel Casarella, and it was founded as a fashion company in New York. And a fashion company that really paid a lot of tribute and homage to rock and roll and, and New York and New York's legendary rock and roll history. And so, you know, they, they make some really great fashion and they and they do. They work with a lot of really great artists, Bob Dylan and Kings of Leon, to name a couple. And that's actually how we came to meet these guys. So several years ago, Casey and I were at a, a launch party and we were working with Kings of Leon at the time. They were working with the band at the time. And, uh, and we just hit it off. And Casey, my, the co-founder of Barking Iron Spirits, and, and myself, we were hanging out with these guys. And we, Casey and I had always wanted to create our own spirit. And we wanted to make a spirit that felt authentic to New York. And so we had kind of been on the hunt for, you know, what could we make? What kind of spirit could we make that, that would be interesting and pay tribute to New York? And we still were on the hunt for the right brand too. And and we fell in love. That was the moment when we really fell in love with this Barking Irons brand. Barking Irons is actually slang for pistols in old New York, in like Five Points era New York, if you've ever seen Gangs of New York. You know, New York has this really scrappy, tough, rough and tumble, uh, sort of defiant spirit. Mm-hmm. And we love that about the brand that they had created. And so we talked with them and th- we said, hey, can we work together? You guys continue doing your this fashion line and and we're going to build out the spirit side of, of this brand. And and that was how it really started. And uh, our, our venture into New York, making New York based spirits. Now, I assume that, I mean, New York has the second, it's the second largest producer of apples in, in America. I assume that's why you went with Applejack and apple-based spirits? It is. Uh, you know, the more we looked into it, the more we just fell in love with this spirit called Applejack. And I don't know how familiar you are with it, but you know, a lot of people call it the original American spirit. 
uh, when our country was founded, we were, you know, we were a country that produced, amongst other things, a lot of apples. Uh, there were apple orchards up and down the eastern seaboard, and apples were a big part of the sustenance of of, of early Americans, our founding fathers, etc. At any rate, those uh, those thirsty, you know, uh, colonists would make. Uh, apple cider as a way to cool off and cool down. And then they would take that cider, ferment it, and through a process called freeze distillation, they would turn it into what's called apple jack. And the process was known as jacking uh, the apple cider. And and so anyways, Casey and I just fell in love with this original American spirit. It was so cool. And it was something that nobody else was doing. And also, we knew that we could create something. You know, New York has these amazing apples. We're from New York. It's an authentic New York spirit. And we knew we could create something amazing and different from what everybody else was doing. And so that really was how it began. And, and um, you know, and then and thus began the search of sourcing the best apples from you know central the central new york region which has this great soil that produces these great apples and you know and then and then producing the applejack itself and it was a great you know it was a great experience and adventure and ultimately it resulted in you know what we consider to be one of the best applejacks on the market and it's poured in some of the best restaurants across new york and in Florida. And so I know a lot of other people feel the same way about it. Is Applejack very rock and roll though? Oh, I think so. You know, it's funny, right? You, you might not think that I suppose because of its namesake, right? Applejack <laughs> is, it, you know, some people associate it with either the cereal or it's actually a My Little Pony. So, you know, there, there was a little bit of an uphill battle because people at the bar, you know, they'll call for a whiskey or a tequila, but they don't call for Applejack very often. But in fact, I think to a certain extent, rock and roll is all about breaking rules and uh, doing things your own way. And, you know, what I will say is that it's a premium spirit made with some of the best apples in the world. And I'll put it head to head with any whiskey or any other spirit. And, you know, I think it's a quality product, too. And I think that's rock and roll. Now, what made your thoughts turn to gin? Well, over the past few years, we've really established credibility in the New York market with restaurateurs, with bartenders, uh, uh, and, and, and business owners, and everybody loves our Applejack. I think for us, we were interested in and curious about gin for two reasons. Number one, because we love it. You know, both Casey and I drink a lot of gin in the summer uh, and and also in the fall and winter. And we just thought, you know, here's this spirit that it's not tequila. It's not, you know, an oversaturated market. It's got a great history. And we knew that by using an apple distillate as our base, we could create something really interesting. And the, and the more we got curious about what a gin would taste like, if it had an apple base, uh, you know, the more we just had to find out what it was going to taste like. Now, while apples, of course, aren't commonly used as a base for gin, was there a fair amount of trial and error when you were trying to put it together? Uh, there was. And, and I think in the most sort of joyful and 
I don't know, fun way. It was, we've, so we've worked with this great distiller for the past several years. His name's Derek. He owns Van Brunt Still House, and I can't say enough good things about him. Uh, and so when we, we, he's been making our Applejack with us for, for, you know, probably four or five years at this point. And so we knew going into the process that we had a really great partner on our side and that we were in good hands. And he was as excited to explore, explore this as we were. And so, yeah, we, you know, we did. We made a few different batches, some better than others. Uh, but we, once we got a hint of like the apple flavor that came through the gin, uh, we knew we were onto something. And so we kept exploring that. And that was when, at some point, the the citrus flavors also sort of started to appear. And once we started getting a hold of those apple notes and those citrus notes together, we were we were almost blown away by how great those two tastes are when they come together. And, and so, you know, from then it was just really refining it and yeah, and dialing it in. Now, what variety of apples are you actually using? Uh, we use a bunch of different apples and it will kind of depend on the year. So, you know, different, but New York produces tons and of different varietals. So we use McCoon, we use John of Gold. Uh, we use Macintosh. Typically, we use sweeter apples, which are often called table apples, because they, when you distill them, they are more likely to leave you with that really apple-y flavor, like a baked apple or almost like an apple pie. And so we love those sort of strong notes uh, that you get from the sweeter apples. Talk us through the process of making a gin from apples. Sure. So we're going to start with an apple to still it, and that'll be based on different ciders that we source from farms around upstate New York. We'll bring that in to our distillery, uh, the, the partner that we work with, Van Brunt Stillhouse. And there we'll mix that apple to still it with 190 proof New York dairy whey. And and we'll begin the maceration process. And in that process, we are really aiming for those apple and citrus notes. But of course, with that sophisticated gin classic flavor that gin is known for. So, you know, we do use orris root and juniper and, and some of the other typical botanicals that you'd associate with gin. But then we really heavy up on things like orange peel and uh, lemon peel and lemon balm and dried orange peels. And those, I think, really give it the distinctive character that makes our gin unique. So it actually has a whey base to it, does it? That's right. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, you know, it was, uh, it was actually our distiller's idea you know, as you said in the beginning, craft distilling is all about experimentation and people are really using uh, whey neutral spirits uh, more frequently because of the taste. It's a new thing that's happening as opposed to neutral grain spirits. And so we decided that we'd give it a try in the, you know, in the research and development process. And, you know, what we discovered was that the taste, especially when put together with the apple distill it was fantastic and so once we discovered it there was no looking back now most people would of course be used to gin made on a neutral grain base 
Mm-hmm. What do you think are the main differences between that and your fruit slash whey based gin? Well, the main difference is just when we set out to make this apple based gin, we wanted it to have that apple flavor. And so by using that apple distillate, I think it really gives it just, um, uh, you know, a fruit based flavor that you wouldn't get from grain, neutral grain spirit as your base. And so, you know, it's, it's really the difference is in the taste. And so it's a little purer, I suppose. Yeah, I think so. I think so. You know, you're starting with a base. It's not just the botanicals that are giving it its flavor. It's the base, which is, uh, which is that apple distillate. Now, how would you describe the style of gin? I mean, is it very juniper forward or? It's not juniper forward. It, you know, you can, you're certainly going to get that, that juniper flavor that you're going to associate with, you know, a typical gin, but it's not too strong and it's really citrusy. It's got floral notes, well-balanced, and you're just going to get a hint of apple. Apples are normally thought of as an autumn flavor. Is that something that people should expect from this gin? Uh, No, I think it's a year-round drink. You know, I think one of the great things about gin is how versatile it is. And so in the summer, I would drink mine with, certainly with tonic would be one way to drink it. But to be honest, I like mine just on ice. And I will also say that everybody that we've been sampling on it, and, you know, this is our first month that we're in the market, and all the bartenders we talk to, a lot of people like it on its own just on ice. And so I think certainly that's like a, a refreshing summer way to drink gin. Obviously, it's it's great with tonic. I particularly like those fever tree tonics. And so I'll drink it that way. But, you know, on a year-round basis, you know, I think a, a Negroni is a wonderful year-round drink. I think a martini is certainly a wonderful year-round drink. So, you know, despite that, like the apple flavor, I think it has, uh, you know, it's not, it's not a seasonal gin. It's, uh, it's a year round gin. By mentioning martinis and Negronis, it's sounding as if it's quite an adaptable gin that can be used in pretty much a majority of gin based cocktails. Yeah, I think so. I think it is. And, you know, certainly the the lemon peel or citrus peel that, you know, you would often find in cocktails really in in gin cocktails really goes well with our gin. It marries up and and helps bring out those those citrus notes that are so defining for our gin. Now, if someone were to taste your apple gin for the first time, what should they expect? What will they find different from the -the run-of-the-mill gin that they may have tasted before? (laughs) Well, we like to say it's apples and oranges. The difference between our gins and others is apples and oranges. It's really, you know, those are the the tastes that you're going to have. And it's so unique. And it's one of the things I love about gin is how expressive different, you know, all different gins are. And I think you can really lean into one flavor if you want with with your gin. And, 
and we've done that, you know, and we've made a New York gin and it's an homage to the apple, which is such a big part of, of our city and, and our state, a big apple. And so, yeah, so, you know, you can really expect to find a little, you know, that apple and then that, that orange. Gin has been a very dominant spirit in the UK and a variety of other places. It hasn't really quite taken off in the US yet. Why do you think that is? I think, I think it's about to. I think we're on the cusp of, of something new happening. But I think the reason that it hasn't uh, yet taken off is I just don't think the premiumization has, has really been filled out in the way some of the other spirit categories have in, you know, so we'll use tequila as an example. Uh, obviously, you know, 30 years ago, people thought of tequila as something that you shoot maybe on your birthday kind of thing. Now people drink very expensive $300 tequilas on ice. And I think that we just haven't experienced that for gin yet. We haven't gone through that process where people have really discovered the nuance that these gins can have. And so, but I think America's ripe for it. And we do love our alcohol here. So I can see this exploration potentially coming down the pike. So you really think the U.S. is close to having a gin renaissance of its own? I hope so. But yes, I... I do. I do. I really do. And I think, you know, I think aviation has probably helped kick that off. But I see and I do see a number of interesting gins entering the space with different histories and different flavor profiles on their own. So, yeah, I do. I think we're on the cusp of it. Now, you've launched this really recently. How different has it been launching this post-COVID to launching the Applejacks that were pre-COVID? I can't tell you how different it is. I think what's happening in the beverage market now is a a massive upheaval that a lot of it is driven by the at-home occasion and driven by e-commerce. And so for us, what was possible before versus what's possible now is just vastly different. We're available in almost every state in the U.S. And now versus, you know, when we launched, we were only available in, New York, in the New York metro area with, with our Apple Jacks. And so while I still absolutely think the on-premise and off-premise traditional channels play a huge role in building your business and your brand, I also think that e-commerce has become so much more important Uh, but such an opportunity and so many other industries have already had this disruption go through their, their business. But because of the three tier system, spirits is kind of late to the game on this, but now I think we're about to experience it and, and and we're in the middle of it. I, I know people who are launching brands online only, and that certainly wouldn't have happened, you know, pre COVID, but anyways, but, but I still think that the, you know, the on premise, uh, like I said, the off-premise plays a big role, and I think it's been wonderful to see how New York has reopened, and to see so many restaurants, you know, doing swift business, and you know, we really stayed in touch with all of our key accounts and uh, and supported them as much as we could during COVID, and so it's really 
been great to just rekindle those relationships as we put our new gin into the market. And, and it's been greeted very warmly by all of our account partners. Now, I was speaking to someone the other day who said that this period was almost magical because bars have very little stock and they're completely restocking to <laughs> open and that it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to get your spirit onto the back bar. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you found? I think it's maybe partially true. It's not something that I guess we've experienced so much. I think for us, we had a really great account base you know, pre-COVID. And so we've really focused on the accounts that have focused on us, if that makes sense, you know? Yeah. And so while, yes, we have, you know, opened several new accounts over the past month or two, you know, I think for us this time is really about reconnecting with those accounts and, and making sure that, you know, that, that they supporting them as they bring us on and put us onto their cocktail menus and, and get, their business back up and running. Do you think that, I mean, you talked about online opening up almost the whole country for distribution. Do you think, though, that the bartenders and the bars recommending spirits are still going to be the primary way that people are educated? Yeah, I do. I do. Um, And I still think that I think those channels are going to be critical uh, for any brand that that wants to get started, but I don't know. I, I I bet that there are some brands that would be able to build themselves online on their own. I think also, you know, people who have established audiences and then they can monetize that audience through you know building their own brands. That that's another way. I'm, I think people may build businesses in the spirits market. But to your point, I. I think the bartender is, I've always felt the bartender is, you know, one of the most important people to get on your side. And, and I think uh, that will continue to be the case in the, in the years ahead. And what has the reaction of bartenders been? Have any of them had the time to create any cocktails you didn't expect with the gin? To be honest, we just launched this past, like, maybe it was like a week and a half ago. And so... Oh, I didn't realize it was that soon. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we haven't had a chance to uh, to really see how, you know, how bartenders are going to uh, explore and experiment with it. But I will say that some people have, have definitely shouted this out on Instagram, some bartenders uh, that we know and love. And so it's been, it's been wonderful. And I will also say that the people who are running drinks menus have welcomed this gin and put it very quickly put it on their cocktail menu so it's good now you mentioned before that you drink it straight or on ice Hmm. is that the way that you think people should first experience i would if you're a drink if you're a gin drinker with a mature palate, I think that's a great way to experience it. Chilled, you know, with a little bit of water in it and nice and cold. Uh, and then you're really going to get those those flavors that I mentioned. If you want to put an orange peel in it, that might be nice to make it a, v- a very, very dry martini. Yeah, I, that's how I would explore it and, and try it first time out. Yeah, I would. With apple as the dominant flavor, though, are there specific cocktails that you think work particularly well? 
the three cocktails that that I love are classic gin cocktails. And I think I think it's good to use classic cocktails when you're introducing a new spirit because it's a familiar way to introduce a new idea. And so for us, it's the uh, it's the martini, it is the gin and tonic, and it's the what we call the NY Groni. It's uh, it's a Negroni made with our our gin, and I think uh, each one of those has its own virtues, uh, but they all play really well with the, the apple and orange flavor that that our gin embodies. I'd be interested to find out what it would taste like in something like a bee's knees, where you're combining mm. that apple with honey. I think that would be an interesting. Ooh, that's a great idea. I'm going to have to give that a try. Maybe I can get your recipe. I'll email one across. Now, obviously, you're available in the New York area, but online you're available throughout the country. Is that correct? That's right. Yep. And uh, we are also available in Florida. And we opened up that market about a year ago. So uh, in, sorry, in Florida, in liquor stores and bars and restaurants. And with the online, who is that available through? Uh, it's it's through our website, and we are also available on Reserve Bar. Are you ever thinking of doing any international distribution? I, you mm. know, I've actually I have talked with uh, a friend or two in the UK about it. I have some good relationships there, so I've I've thought about it. You know, it's really about can we make the business work and you know, import taxes and all that. But I do. You know, I would love to, I know that the UK has a strong following for US spirits and especially brown spirits. And I'd love to know what the UK thinks of an American gin. Yeah, it'd be taking it back to uh, gin's motherland. Yeah, that, that I would. we would have to, uh, you know, that'd be a true test. Very much so. Now, obviously, if people want more information, they can, of course, go to your website, mm -hmm. which is BarkingIronSpirits.com. That's or right. Or connect with the brand via your socials. Yeah, B.I. Spirits, at B.I. Spirit. And that's across Instagram, Facebook? That is, across Instagram and Facebook, yeah. Excellent. All right, Elliot. Well, look, thanks for taking the time to speak with us today. Yeah, it was my pleasure. Thanks so much for having us on. And Tiff, thanks for your support of Barking Irons. Yeah, good luck with its launch. Thanks so much. Cheers, Tiff. And we'd also like to thank you for listening. Be sure to visit cocktailsdistill.com to access the show notes. And if you like what you've heard, we'd love you to subscribe, rate, or give a review on iTunes. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.